0: Hello and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines. Uh, today's topic, uh, more skillful players uh, and our special guest to discuss this, uh, Graham Carrick from the FA. Welcome Graham. how are you?
1: I'm very good, thanks Gary, thanks for having us. I have to say really enjoy listening to the podcast, it's a great series you've been putting together. Um, so yeah, it's, re- it's really great to be asked on, so thanks for that.
0: So it's a real pleasure to have you on, Graham. Um, just for just in view of the uh, of the listeners, can you just explain to everyone your current role at the FA and what that entails?
1: Yeah, so my main role at the FA at the minute is as a FA youth coach developer, which is um, as a coach developer as a coach developer working with coaches um, in the boys' academy system. Um, I've been at the FA 15 years, worked in grassroots for probably about 12 years of that, um, in different roles. So I've been lucky enough to work across a lot of areas of the game. Um, but yeah, at the minute I'm pretty much primarily focused in the day job around boys' academies, although I'm also part of a group, a player development group at the FA with Pete Sturgis, um, who I know has been on. Um, Paul McGuinness has been involved in that, although he's just left. and. Paul Holder, Kelsey Byrne, Robbie Pringle, Ian Bateman. There's a group of us looking at what are some of the key play development principles that we really believe in at the FA. So it's 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 great to be part of that group with the caliber of people in that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Graham. So so today's topic, more skillful players. I suppose my first question to that is why why is that important?
1: uh that's a a big question that guys to kick (laughs) off with um so from an fa point of view if i just go there first really for i don't know for for most um ngbs um as the fa is as a governing body um at the core of any sort of strategy or or vision is usually something around you want more players playing the game both getting into the game and staying in the game so that's often a real core um, objective and the other thing with that is then better players so those people who choose to play the game, yes we want more of them to play, we want to keep them in the game for longer, as long as we can and also part of that, help them get better along the way Um, but I think that's not just for the national team, although obviously it is, it's not just for the national teams so it's not just about the next Nikita Paris or the next Harry Kane, it's, it's, not, it's not just about that it's about anyone who chooses to play football anywhere having a great experience and having the chance and the opportunity to to become more skillful and um, explore their own potential and um, because one of the reasons is there's some links between um, motivation and um, if you tend to get become more skilled or become a little bit better at something often you enjoy the activity more Um, so that's why We've we've gone with more skillful players at the FA is a real key headline almost in our strategy over the next four years of one of the things we're aiming for. Um, for 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 a variety of reasons and the more skillful players thing it's hopefully it resonates with with anyone. So in the past we've had a FA vision around. We want to develop more. Um, technically excellent, innovative decision makers and um, So it's still along the same lines. We just think it's a far more natural language. It's far more more skillful players are someone that people like. If they they see it here, they think, yeah, I think I sort of get that. Um, And then the other thing uh, we're really um, passionate about, more skillful players, is for any player, any age, any ability, any position, any moment in the game. so what we mean by that, it's not about tricks and skills. It's not just about, of course, we want Jack Realishes and Phil Foden's and um, those types of exciting dribblers at the top end of the pitch. Like I mentioned Nikita Paris before, we, we, of course, we want to develop more and more. We seem to be, as a nation over the last 10, 15 years, developing more and more individually skillful dribbling type players. Um, but it's also about skillful defending. It's also about getting in the right place at the right time and getting in the way the ball, intercepting. It's also about skillful goalkeepers that can read the game, that um, can play from the back, that are in good positions. That can... So, yeah, this thing about skillful is what, why I've used the word. We really want to challenge people to consider it. Um, but what does it mean to be skillful? How do we, uh, we think we've made progress as a nation um, collectively? Not just the FA, by the way, this is everyone in the game around the culture around football and more and more skill. And as I say, I think we are seeing it reaping the rewards at the very top end of both the men's and women's game. Um, but we just want to almost say, yeah, but we think we think there's more. With, we want it to even take another step with it, really. Um, so, yeah, that's at the heart of why we've. Gone is hopefully a lot of that's captured in more skillful players,
0: yeah, I mean you've you've you sort of jumped on I mean, next question a little bit, Graham. So what you know what does skill look like? and it's and it's not just about being that that player that can dribble the ball uh, or do a great move to get past someone. It's all the other skills in the game, as you say, from a defender being able to intercept um through ball and come out with the ball and break through the thirds um, about the goalkeeper being able to make that transition pass uh, that creates a counter counterattacking attacking opportunity, isn't it, Graham?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think fundamentally the heart of the game, the football. And it made you play now, guys, and you had a, a goal or a couple of jumpers down behind you and I had a couple of jumpers down behind me and we had a ball, and by the way, I'd, I'd definitely beat you by the way, don't, don't doubt about that. But <laughs> um, I can see you to to Um, But the, um, the aim of the game would be, I'm getting the ball on your goal, and you're going to try and get the ball on my goal. So so from my point of view, um, if you weren't there, I'd just put the ball on the goal. I'd yeah. just put it in the goal, right? Now the fact you are there, that means I've got some decisions to make and some problems to solve now. So, what ways can I come up with to beat you? So the technique, the te- obviously technique's important and having um, a variety of techniques, but it's also the thinking and the sensing and the and the and the uh, the plotting and the scheming and the um, reading what's happening and um, perceiving what you're doing and how you're acting and me reading off that and. Be trying to cause you problems, um, so to, to me, point with it is skill. Skill in the game. Whether we like it or not, really, it's everywhere. And especially this thing about decision making and uh, decision making and action and that link. It's it's in the game. So, um, yeah, as I say, from the simplest form of the game is I'll be trying to get the ball on your net. You're going to try and stop us. Now you have some skillful ways of trying to do that. So it might be through deception or the way you might pretend said to to nibble at the ball and then you might back off or you it might be about your position and that you get in the line of the goal so i can't just kick it in so some of the simplest things that we take for granted are actually pretty skillful in nature so we just want to um highlight that and flip like the other way so when you if when you get it off us or sorry after i've scored and then you get the ball and then come back but um i have be I'm, now i'm defending i'm, I'm thinking you've got the ball Gary, I've got a goal to defend, what ways can I stop you from getting the ball in the net? So it might be that I try and, and uh, put pressure on you, it might be that I drop off and, so the, and then the, the skill involved and in all of that, so um, yeah the game is a skillful game um, because there's a lot of that stuff going on, the cat and mouse, the, that's the essence of the game, that's the essence if you've seen a school yard game, break out or a that, that's that's the game. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost it's almost overly simple to be honest. It's it's quite simple. Of, that's yeah. the game. That's what one players get better at, um, and that'll have implications then for the practice designs and the games and the matches and the match formats that the kids get the chance to play, relative to why they play the game and the um, stage of development that they're at. Really,
0: yeah, it's not complicated, Graham. Is it? You know, it's invasion, isn't it? from
1: from one team to another yeah great and i think the thing with it sorry just on that yeah, i think go then on. then you get into, one of the things primarily as coaches for me gary the the games are the games are players game it's about the players now i'm not saying that's right by that i'm just saying that's the way i that's sort of in me that's the way i see it i think um We're all of us in all our different roles and as coaches as as referees as coach developers as football development officers as fans obviously we've, everyone's really invested in it so i'm not i'm not disc, i'm not discounting any of that i just mean like, fundamentally it's it's a player's game in the way i see it um so that, that's that's where I'm, where i often get drawn i think the other thing with it is then people will play for different reasons so at the heart of everything that we're doing i think um as coaches, especially if we're working in youth development, um, although we're talking about skillful players, primarily it's gotta be about a love of the game, um, which is relevant to to the player. So we'll all have a different love of the game. Do you know I mean? Different some kids will come because the maid comes, some kids will come because the maids come, some kids will come because they love it and they'll go home and play in the garden or even kick the ball about in the kitchen if they can get away with it before they get the ball taken off them. Because so that's who we're dealing with and everyone will have different motives and that's great we need to really embrace that um but that's and and they'll have people for playing so we need to start from that point always of who are who are the who are the players Uh, who are them as people why do they turn up what what do they want from the football experience um for for the type of a uh, sort of opportunity that we that we provide for the players when they turn up on training or the other in the matches that they have, so that 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 always needs to be all talking with skill that needs to be it needs to be in that type of feeling environment um, if possible that it is around the needs of the players and then with that the other thing we need to always bear in mind is um, each player is unique they'll have their own way of so as I say you're you're a bit faster than me, I think, guys. So you might knock it and run where I'm... I'm so what I mean is, or I might be able to uh, kick it or curl it around you where you you might be more of a dribbler. So every every, every player, every child, every adult, they'll they have their own individual capabilities and individual ways. And um, so we need to help the players to, to sort of explore that, really. Um, and understand there is different ways. There's different ways to beat them, beating an opponent. There's different ways to defend, depending on the situation, depending on your individual capabilities. So t- one of the things is isn't to say this is a list of skills that everyone must do. Yeah. Um, and fit for everyone. It's like it doesn't. Although it sounds might sound logical, I'm not sure that that's not the reality. It doesn't work for everyone. So if we create the environments our players can explore what they can do. Um, in in, as I say in relation to their motivations the stage of development where they're at and their like individual capabilities if we can do that and consider that um, I think it'll help relative to each person I think we can probably we can help people become more skillful and by becoming more skillful hopefully a bit more engaged in the game and fall in love with the game a little bit more really and then if they do go on through the levels and through. so I, I I use my dad I use my dad as a bit of a reference. So my dad's seventy. He'll he'll kill us for telling giving his age away. But um, played five a side so with my dad last week. He still hasn't made it to walking football, and that's nothing against walking football. But he's got the singing in that. He just loves playing the game. Even at the age of seventy, he's still playing his five or sides. So, you know, and so it's just that thing of that's what really we want. Now some people might go on and play up the levels, and we want people to. We want to be. We want coaches to be able to support players, explore their potential really, and see where it takes them and all that as well. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, I just want to get across the spirit as well behind skillful players. It's, it's not just that he has a list of skills. Go and do these. Yeah. That's 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 not it. Yeah,
0: Graham. What 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 uh, what do we mean by releasing player potential?
1: Good question. Um, I think in all walks of life, guys, I haven't got a I haven't got like a stock answer for this. I'm giving an opinion on it. I think um, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors when it comes to player learning and player development. The four corners is a really useful tool that has been at the FA for from when Craig Simmons back about thirty years ago when he's working in the national school brought it in, and anyone's been through FA courses in the last twenty years would probably be pretty. Uh, uh, what would be the word''ll they'll, they'll, they'll know it they'll see it uh, in the four corners of the, they'll be acquainted with it. that's for sure. So um, understanding where players are at is is a key thing and, and being able to consider the the, the factors that um, so for a player to to realize the potential it's not just about the technical. Um, it's about their psychosocial development, it's about the physical development. So yeah, we could do we could do a thing on on that, guys. But one of the things is, is um, each player will have their own journey. So even if the even if we, if so, if we talk about um, say England players um, in the in the men's game, just because I'm more um, because of my job at the minute I'm more in, into into the men. Do you know what I mean? Into, I can speak more about that with a bit of knowledge. Um, So there'll be 23 players in a squad, and even within that, each player will have a real unique journey to get to where they're at at this point in time. And even then, they'll still be trying to explore the potential in a way that they can get better. Um, Even into the 20s, into the 30s, they'll still be trying to find an edge, trying to find ways, training every day, working with psychologists, performance analysts, sports scientists in that setting to try and keep getting better every day. So... It, it never the, the journey of development I don't think ever stops that, that's one thing and I think within that each individual's journey would be it'd be unique um A lot of the defenders have, have um, played different positions certainly played midfield until quite late um a lot of the some people have gone on loan some people haven't gone on loan some people have played the same position all the way through lots have played different positions and found their position at different stages of the development so one of the why i'm saying all that is again to say that this is the way to um this is the way it, it works i'm not sure that's the case there's lots of um there's lots of twists and turns along the way there's lots of uh bumps in the road to pretty um a trendy trendy way of, of putting that at the minute um challenges to overcome so what I think what we need to do is just under, try and understand the player, try and consider where they're at, um, or the players. So within a group, you might um, in mini soccer, you might have a group of eight or nine children, in your boys or girls in your in your in your care, almost under sevens, maybe. So you've got nine young children or eight young children, all have their own sort of needs, coming with their own motivations. So one of the primary things is just trying to get to know the kids, which sounds like obvious or easy, but getting to know people and children takes time, takes a bit of skill, takes listening and a bit of care and a bit of interest in them. And then from that, just considering how how can we help um, whoever this whoever these people are, how can we help them? Where they come from. So for some, if you're working in a group, if you're working with a group, some kids at that stage of under seven, they might have been playing football for about three or four years. Or they, might, they might have been playing informally with a mate. For somebody else it might, in the same group, it might be they've, they've only played six weeks ago at school and realised they liked it so wanted to join the team. So that even their experiences, even at that age, or, or, so the point is, I everyone mean, will be at different stages. So I think... There's different, there's lots of factors around it, but one of the things we can do is, as I say, getting all the individuals, provide a really good experience in relation to the motives and understand why they want to come, what they want from the football experience, and then try and challenge and support them through through their, their journeys. The challenge comes when, like say, you've got some difference in the group, but again, if you can... Um, I think just create an environment fundamentally where people are included. So being inclusive is just right at the centre of everything that we, should, that, that we should be doing. that Everyone feels they've got a place here. Um, I think creating the right environment goes such a um, a long way to, to creating the conditions that people can explore their potential, whatever, whatever that is, um, along the twists and turns that are going to come if we're talking about kids um, for anyone. There's going to be twists and turns, there's going to be ups and downs, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be growth, there's going to be growth spurts, there's going to be injuries, there's going to... That's, that's the that's the journey ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hopefully it's exciting have a great experience through it and as coaches we're there to support and guide and challenge them when necessary just to try and keep nudging them on so that as I say primarily they love the game want to keep coming back have an absolutely great experience, and with that, hopefully, keep getting better in their own way, at their own speed. Um, and it, in terms of if you're thinking from a real player development, want to want to develop uh, professional players again, there's not one path that that like it's not one, and there's different speeds. So sometimes you get kids that are outstanding, look really, um, they perform really well as it, under 11s, and then they have a drop off in under 13s, and then they come again. Um, so it might have been some growth-related issues to go through and they really dip and if they find it hard and then they come again. Or you might get some kids that are really under the radar and on, only join the system at 16 or 18. and um, Or you get some that are high flyers all the way through. And So it's, I think why I'm saying all that, which is um, is just, I don't think it's a set answer. And I, yeah. I think almost to put people at ease that. If anything, if, um, it is tough to support the kids through the through their development. It's not coaching's a tough job because um, you've got a lot of factors. I think the other thing, just as a is a thing about learning, is um, how do I put this? One of the key things, even if I ask anyone listening or yourself, Gary, like what? How did you learn to play the game? what what was what what were some of the key things in your learning what who who helped you develop um again i'm guessing there'd be a lot of be a lot of people so there'd be the, the um so for me I had an older brother um so like he shared a garden with him Then inev- inevitably it was um you just like probably the biggest learning really Not that was formal, and not that I knew it at the time, but you learn a lot from him. Obviously, I taught him a lot more than he taught me, but uh, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) but you get um yeah, you you like you learn from all different places, and like your parents have an influence. You 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 the parents at your club, the club that you're at, or the clubs or the teams that you're in, school, the schoolyard. Who's the there's so many the opportunities you get at school, the teachers at school, the, all this like melting pot of which affects learning. So the coach is important, but the coach is um, one part of that of that melting pot, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the key things that we can be is make sure that when they do come to us, because kids will get different experiences in different places and they'll learn from all tif- different types of people. Well, and we learn from YouTube, they'll learn from so again, it's not something to be fearful at all that. It's great because the kids will be learning in all different places from all different people. So when they come with you, it's about creating a really consistent environment that they know when they come with you, they can try things out, they can be themselves, they can be part of a the group, um, they can have a sense of belonging, they feel part of something that they want to be there every week. Um, and that when they do play football, wherever it is, what we can try and control when it is with you, that's like the best part of the week. Are one of the best things that they just think oh, i can't wait to go back on tuesday night or sunday morning or saturday um so yeah because like i say learning's quite Yeah, you it know, um yeah it happens so coaching's part of it but coaching's not everything
0: yeah yeah and and i suppose from a from a coach's point of view what you've discussed there we've got to be patient as coaches for for players to develop these skills and techniques, um, it's going to take time. And as I said, you know, players develop at different stages, so we as coaches need to be patient, Graham.
1: Absolutely, guys. And I think it's just one of the things we're going to also do. Va- like value players being skillful, um, and I think one of the things which is really important. I don't know whether it's overly simple, but like what do you say well done for? <laughs> re- As a coach, like, what are the things that you read that you say well done for? Um, because that'll probably reinforce the real set, set a tone for the things that are valued around here, if you like. Um and having a positive environment is really important. Say well done for everything it can be counterproductive because then the well done's don't actually mean anything anymore. But what I'm just is, do you say well done for the kid that really tries, it's, tries to be skillful and it doesn't quite come off? But you see that the what they're thinking and they haven't quite got it yet, or they have tried something different they never tried before. They give it away, but there's an intention there that they're trying something. So how do we respond in those moments? If a value really being skillful, we'll say, I really like the way you tried that. Um, you went out of your comfort zone. Well done for that. Do you know what mean? So you might even praise the. Praise the effort, praise the intentions, um, and creating that type of environment that there isn't a fear, that there isn't a um, repercussions that for making a mistake, because that is just we just know that that's counterproductive, especially for children, but for adults as well, I think, around learning in particular. So that there's that, and then with that, yeah, guys, I think patience and support um, is is really important. But then the 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 challenge as well around um, some of the kids that are maybe striving how do we challenge them so that we don't forget them so because they're the best player in the group we think oh well, they're alright they don't need anything from us um, I think that is the challenging bit and I, I totally recognise especially for for all coaches but especially grassroots coaches because of the time the time that you might have to um, to like plan and consider your coaching it, it be, it's all when you've got loads of different kids with different needs you can't it's really tough i say you can't it's really tough to cater for everyone's needs all the time but just that thing of yeah being patient understanding they'll develop differently there might be times the seems like they're going backwards there might be stuff going on in their lives away from football there might be so the roles role of the coach really as, as, a, as a role model and as a um like you say, like almost like the architect of the environment is someone I've heard before. But you're like you're setting it up. This is when you come here, you can be yourself. You can try. It might not go right this time, but we're here to support you. And when when right, we'll try and challenge you as well, relative to where you're at. Um, I think that that that's sort of that's the type of environment that you're more likely to get people trying to be skillful, to try different ways to beat someone. To try to take up different positions and think, oh, I wonder if I come off here, what does that do? But if you come off the same way all the time, you might only ever be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I think, especially with the, with the, with the kids, and and I'm guessing a lot of people on the call will be coaching either primary school age kids or secondary age kids. In those particular like age brackets, um, exploring such a key. Um, and like trial and error, trying things out, but exploring is such a key thing that kids need um, and are sort of built for, really. So yeah. we can tap into that, certainly.
0: We, we'll talk about developing, developing more players. Um, having a toolbox of techniques. What do we mean by that?
1: Um, one of the things... I will answer your question, guys. But as normal, I'm just going to detour a little bit. One of the things we've um, we've we've put into our courses at the FA over the last couple of years, probably with stimulus, probably came a bit from Paul McGuinness initially. Then, as a group in the player development group and, and wider staff, we've, 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 it's been a slow burnout to try just to make sure that's right. Is we've got six six key capabilities to think and help coaches to help players around skill um so one of them being positioning so what's you what's your positioning like in, in regards to where are you and, and what's like your body shape and your body your body position if you like so that so positioning is one scanning um which is linked to awareness with scanning where it's about um do you look and what you're looking for there's movement around the way you move and the types of football movements there's um deception around with it within that do you hide and disguise your sort of intentions and actions so the little sometimes the obvious sometimes the subtle and bits of deception might be that you through one goal with the keeper and you try and give them the eyes or you um if you're the goalie she might come out and pretend like leave a corner a little bit because you know you're gonna all those little games and then the game really so deception um and timing around that when um and I choose in the moment really. Yeah. So position and scanning, movement, deception, and timing are five of the six capabilities, as well as techniques. So um yeah, I what I would say with that guys is techniques are really important, absolutely. Um but why we, why we, where we're going with more skillful players is one of the things about skill is it's sort of about as I said before to when we talk about the invasion game, really, it's, it's how are you using it to your advantage. How are you using what you've got to your advantage, and techniques are part of that. Um, but when we, if we, so, techniques are really important, um, but not by themselves. Um, sometimes you might see it even at the top level, and I, I pass that, a pass that opens up the game or creates a chance. Sometimes it's a 10-yard pass. Often it's a 10-yard pass. Which probably most of us could could actually. You know, the actual mechanics, the technique of the pass. We could probably yeah. play the pass. Whereas the pass with a disguise at the right moment, at the right time, getting the picture, having a connection with your teammate, that's the the, the decision-making around that. That's the... That's the art. That's the skill. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah, having the techniques to be able to have good control of the ball, touch of the ball, get good contact when you're clearing it, or a goalie's technique when they come to catch. Or course, it's important, but that technique doesn't equate necessarily to skill. So that's when it comes to the way we practice it. If we only practice in isolation, where there's no opposition, Mm -hmm. no direction, um. Yes, you might refine the mechanics of your your actions, but and your techniques. Um, but the question is always, well, does it transfer into the game, and does it stick? Um, so that's on the old. I say one on the old, on the youth mod two. Um, we used to have the practice spectrum, which which has been in the level two since and is in the UEFA as it gets rolled out. Around just understanding then what are the returns from different practices and opportunities What what is what does the player get the chance to practice really link to some of that so yeah, yeah I, th- I think if you've got a range of two well on a simple on a simple answer to your question guys is if you've got a range of techniques it gives you different possibilities so if you if you can pick the ball in different ways and you can use both feet you like, can you definitely go both sides it, it creates more uncertainty in the defender than if you if you can only go one side, if, if you can curl it and strike it and bend it with the inside of your foot, it gives you more possibilities than if you can only kick it one way. So yeah, it absolutely helps. Same with defending and your footwork. So yeah, techniques are really, um, are are, are essential. Do you know what I mean? We um, yeah. want to develop that. And also just on on that sometimes as a confidence thing, people need on a post practice and just to build up or whatever. So. But I think one of the things is if we, can, if we can help players practice where they've got to make decisions as much as we can or, as soon as they're ready for it, um, then I think it's, it's helpful because although sometimes you, you don't see the progress, sometimes it doesn't feel like you see it in the session so much, over the long term um, it tends to be, well this research that would suggest that those more random, varied type um opportunities tend to be better for for longer term player learning in terms of um because one of the things with football guys is um the same situations ha- do happen regularly but they never happen in the same exactly the same not the same from a game to so playing in a game so many times right backs get the ball and from the center back and open up but the picture's always slightly different the ball might be from a different place you might be do you know what I mean? So that you, you don't know yeah. when it's going to come, necessarily. So that's the decision making bit. So these skills that we might have and the techniques that we might have, um, ultimately we need to use them in the game um, to be skillful. Yeah.
0: What what's the what's the role and the decisions of the coach within within this process,
1: Graham? The the, the decisions of the coach are are vital um so or can be vital so as i said before one thing to one thing to consider is this thing about learning skill so we we, we had it um we had a awards and boys club when i was a kid you would have had it with ashington guys or wherever you played in the youth club or, or school or wherever where you got the schoolyard stuff so you got like being immersed in games in play like activities It'll give you a chance to learn, you'll 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 have your own little um, people that you emulate, people that you want to be, stuff going on in your little social group. Um, so that's one that's one thing. The reason I'm saying that first is that doesn't involve the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of learning that's going on before the coach even gets involved. So we need to acknowledge yeah. that because so it's it's important. So like the I know it's not the only area, but like South London with the cages and cage football and lots yeah. of players coming out with that. It's like there's there's a natural emergence of of skill from an environment which I'm not sure there's any coach or even adult always involved so that that's that I think that's the core that's the core bit of it now one of the things when we, when I just mentioned about the, the six capabilities we've got um or we we go with at the FA. The six capabilities, positioning, scanning, deception, time and movement, techniques. These six things aren't new. If you go back to the Walter Winterbottom's 1952 book, that stuff's in there. So we're not pretending it's something necessarily new. But what we have found as we've been trying to almost test is as valuable as it seems to help coaches with, it, with their observation. So when, if you're watching a practice or a match, and when are say just notice what Gary's like, or have, notice how Gary's getting on. Like six things you can use. What's what's his positioning like? What's his scanning like? What's his perception of timing like? What has he got your book if you want to use? It? What um, what's his movement in terms of? So it can give you something to look at. But one of the things then I think with the decisions, so it's understanding, um, keeping the spirit of football and the love of the game as front and center, and then and the environment you want to create around that. That, that's, a, that's a key thing always, regardless of age, stage, why kids come, academy, grassroots, like everywhere. I think that's, that's key. So you, you've got that type of stuff going on. Understanding that learning happens, whether or can happen in places, even if there isn't a coach. So understanding the game's about the players, and the players are learn or can learn anyway. So then, one of the things is if we can use these six capabilities to observe, or your own version of, so as you're watching a game, whether it's a game of foot and you're thinking, how's Gary getting on today? Then, by observing closely, you can think, oh, he's really, he's really getting, he's really improving with his techniques, or his passing technique. Like over the last six weeks, he's really improving with that. So then, your decision is. Um, or maybe he's still you're still struggling with something, but your receiving's, your passing's good, but you still, your receiving's not not so good in terms of you, you you struggle to get on the ball or whatever. Then the decision then is, well, I wonder what type of opportunities would, would help you. So it would it be a two v one practice? Would it be actually you need to play futsal a bit more? So it might not be your practice you put on. It might be that, you you, you advise, like, the kid. The, the player, why, well, why don't you go and play futsal? As well as when you come here, it'd be great for you because you have the chance to develop these skills of futsal. Or it might be that on Tuesday, I would do a practice where, like, as I say, a small a small number of practice where you, it's a 3v2, or you like you think, well, oh, this kid might get repetition of some of these skills. Um, mm-hmm. or, and the other thing is just we notice it when they do well and when they try to do well. So within a game, whether it's you you match on a weekend and you you know that you've been working with someone on on the receiving skills about scanning before the ball comes, then even if it doesn't quite work out, when you're watching on the Saturday or the Sunday, it's really important that when they try it, and even if it doesn't quite work, if they're really showing intention more than they did, then we need to notice yeah. it and say well done for trying. And or when it comes off, it's like brilliant, love that, see the difference it makes. So um, yeah, I think that they're the continual decisions about. We need to have a great environment. It all needs to be within that. We need to have this thing about we want to really get across the love of the game, the spirit of the game for the kids. Um, and within that then, kids learn in different ways and, and they're learning anyway to a point. Um, so can we really observe carefully to then decide, well, what how can we best help these players and this player? And it might be this practice. It might be this type of intervention. It might be this type of... Um, so like Neil's, Neil's um, on your on your pod on on your series, Gary, where I, yeah. Neil talks about different intentions, interactions, depending on what the player needs. So all those coming to the almost the coach's toolbox around the decisions of mm. well, I think he might just need a bit of fly by coaching. with I think this he might need a bit of time one v one, or not one v one, one on one with me, or am I send a video clip of? So so all this type of stuff, all that's all in your toolbox. Then to think well. These are the ways of um, so you might notice a lot of stuff, but you think I'm not going to tell telling the kid all that we'll Let the kid breathe, have patience. That's ten years' work. So just maybe next time we're trying to get in. so all that type of that's all the all the stuff about trying to yeah. trying to call figure out what the kids need, or the players need, or the adults need. It's um, yeah.
0: And what about involving the parents in this process? To support the work that we're doing with the players as coaches.
1: Yeah, I think involving parents is is, is um is essential. It's um, challenging. I think as a coach, you need to plan it. I think uh, my advice would be um, across any setting to to involve parents from as early as you can, even around the start of the season or the start of the group. or if you're putting a team together, if you set out, this is what. We believe in as a club or as a team or as a coach. This is what we're going to look for in the players. This is what we're going to expect of the players. This is what we expect. Then, of you as parents, we're going to work with the players, um, in this particular way, where we're going to give them room to explore. We're going to do lots of small number of practices. We're not going to stop standstill all the time. We're going to play lots of games, which you might think I'm not coaching, but I am because I'm observing. And whilst the game, whilst this three v three is going on, it's actually it's the hardest job because I've got to observe. Um, I think, like saying that up front and being consistent with it, um, it's part of the decision of where where a parent might want their child to play. It's almost being upfront and saying with, from the start, and then and then I think continuous sort of uh, communication with the parents is essential. There is always that on all these things, guys. The reality is that sounds easy, and you might do that and still have real challenges for parents. For various reasons um and then sometimes the communication becomes too much where um as i say you're a coach and you're getting whatsapps at 11 o'clock every saturday night from parents and so i think having clear boundaries and expectations around when you're when you're available to happy to be have those conversations but it's not your full-time job um Yet yeah, again, I know I know you've done lots and done lots of your around engaging parents. But I think setting expectations from the start just generally is really useful and engaging them in it around the types of environments and experiences that we want for yeah. these kids to release and and develop the potential and thrive um is key because yeah, parents are such an important part of the development the primary probably. Yeah. Um, and the development
0: of the kids. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, thanks for that, Graham. Uh Thanks for coming on to From the Sidelines today and discussing more skillful players and sharing your knowledge around the topic. Um, we also have a, a, a practical face-to-face workshop uh, coming up on Friday the 22nd of April at, uh, back at your hometown, hometown Boys Club, Wall's End it's uh, 6.30 so all the information will come out on social media and the, on the website uh, very shortly for people to sign up Um to obviously hopefully put all of this into some practical formats with yourself Graham. so we'll look forward to that and as I say thanks very much for, for coming on and taking the time to do this today.
1: Great guys I think just primarily for us it, it, although it's maybe work for the FA or whatever it's how can we best help the kids have a great time in football help them develop help them have a great experience and whatever potential they might have help them explore it and see where it might take them and have a great time and um, doing it and learning loads and having great experiences um not just about football but through football for themselves that's really what they got to be at the heart of what we're doing especially in youth development so um yeah When it's all said and done, that's really what we're trying to do. And thanks, as I say, Gary, really appreciate having us on um, and look forward to seeing everyone at the um, at the CBD. Cheers, Graham. Thank you.